Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles Berlin. Say what? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another fabulous, fabulous Wednesday. That's right. I can't lie. You nailed it. It is. It's a fabulous Wednesday. You're correct. Been a good one. Been a good one, but it's about it to get is- better. We we are we are in August, Dave. Can you believe it? Nope. We have <sighs> no, no. It came so. I mean, it feels like my birthday was like yesterday. Hey, we have like, we have pushed through, man. I mean, all the guests. Can you? I mean, just can just think of all the guests we've had on the show since this new year. I mean, my goodness. I mean, the Tim Bakers, the Kim Lenses, the Tropodelics, the Tyson Meads, the Driving and Cryins, the Gin Blossoms, the Collective Soul Today. I mean, my goodness. It has been goodness a year for gracious. the Doc G Show. Yes, indeed. It's only halfway done. So true. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but you know what I haven't? I, I, I guess I've been so busy getting the lunkers as I do on the show. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Shirts, shirts in the work, Dave. Um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen a good movie in theaters. Nope. Uh, I have, I've been slacking on that too, man. I haven't done that. I, I started thinking about that. Like, I don't know what the last movie I saw in theaters would be. Would it be like E.T.? What? I don't know. It's been forever. E.T. Goodness That's gracious. A, a bit exaggeration. Actually, I, I was trying to pinpoint it before we went on air, and I think I did it. Yeah. I think it was Hercules with the rock. Word. Hercules. Oh, I, I was like, Hercules, the Disney no, not, back... Not the 1960s the, the version, one. no. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I remember uh, it's a 2014 movie, so it means I've had a five year uh, hiatus from um, theater movies. And oh, wow. That's uh, impressive. yeah, it's a bit. Uh, I went with my friend Brian, and I'm gonna be honest. Both of us fell asleep. I do remember <laughs> that. We what, were the did old you see a man. Ten o'clock movie. That, no, it was it was like in the middle of the day, but I got that oh. itis from something I ate, and I just passed out in the middle of the theater, and then woke up. And was like, ah, what's the rock doing? Ah. Mm. It wasn't the, that good. Trying to think, then, the only one I've seen this year, I saw Avengers, hmm. but like I haven't gone and seen like Spider Man or um, Lion King. Nope. You yeah. know the ones that have been out the last like you know month or two. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, there's a new movie out there. Mm. There's a new movie that? out. I know you've seen it. The Art of Racing in the... Oh, oh, what a tearjerker. I can't do it. I don't think I can do it, man. Dave, this is a pretty that simple... Golden's simple, too cute. Simple premise to this movie. There's a race car driver. He's a big fan of three things. His wife, his daughter... His dog. That's right. And the mm-hmm. and the whole movie is narrated by the dog. Word. Oh. Uh, Dave, this movie is a make you feel good till you throw up movie. That's what this yeah. is. Now, Dave, I, I know you're a fan 
of your doll. So true. Um, the in this movie, they gave the dog the voice of Kevin Costner. Hmm. Oh, and not okay. not just Kevin Costner, but like old throaty Kevin Costner. You know, oh. old philosophical grounded Kevin Costner. This dog is so philosophic. He is so poignant. Jeez. It and I I mean that's cool. And this is no offense to dogs, but I I think that's the wrong way to go with it. To be you honest. You don't th- you don't think it fits? No, it doesn't. Kevin Costner should not portray a dog. You know who should? Uh, Rob Gronkowski. He uh, should be the voice <laughs> of that dog. That's that, actually not a bad... <laughs> and that's no offense to Rob, and that's no offense to dogs. It's just, no, it's both just great. spot on. Yes! Uh, th- like, uh, for instance, let me give you... Uh, the movie has the dog at one point saying, s- th- like this quote. Here's a quote from the movie. The dog says, okay. Memory is a time folding back on itself. To remember is to disengage from the present. What? What? That's not a yeah. dog quote. Nope. No, is, not at all. That is way too philosophical. Now let's I'm go. I'm still trying to comprehend that. Let's let's well let's look at a tweet from Gronk. Here's a tweet from Gronk. Quote: mm-hmm. You're gonna get Gronk spiked, faux show. That's right. Because we don't get hype, we stay hype. End quote. That's a dog quote. Dogs do I stay thought, hyped. I thought it was going to be like, ball, and then <laughs> quick transition to another thought. I like <laughs> food. Ball. Food. Let's dogs, eat. <laughs> dogs love Gronk spikes, and they love to stay hyped. Yes! I think oh, this yeah. movie would be way better and, more importantly, more factual if they had Gronk. So true. And you could just as lovable. Just as lovable, perhaps more. Perhaps more relatable yes! if it was Gronk. I'm just saying, moviegoers, just think about it. Just think. I mean, about I'm it. sure there's some technological genius out there that could put Gronk's like voiceover of like different quotes that like kind of make sense in the fi- scheme of the movie. Mm-hmm. But you know, don't yeah. really. Oh man, that would be great for that for would this. Be great. For this part of the show, I actually looked up and the Boston Globe had the 50 best Gronk quotes. There were so many good Gronk quotes, let me tell you. So true. Good, oh. good oh, Gronk dude, quotes. Everything he says is a great quote. That's a fact. Dave, we don't have Gronk and we don't have talking dogs on this week's show. Nope. Sorry. I'm we sorry. But, but we do have a pretty great show. Are you ready to fire it up? Dude, let's fire it up, man. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Dave, my my goodness, the show today. Word. It's a humdinger. It's a barn burner. It's an extravaganza. It's our piece de resistance. What I'm trying to oh. say is we've got a good show. That's what we got. That's a fact. Collective. I mean, they expect nothing less. Collective soul, Dave. Have you heard of these multiple multi-platinum rock stars? Yeah, multiple man, we're platinum. in freaking jam today. Multiple platinums. Multiple platinum albums. I'm going to be talking to Johnny Rab, their drummer. And Dave, when I say this guy drums, I mean this guy drums. 
He I drums. Mean, uh, so true. When I was learning how to rock out with my socks out on the drums, hmm. oh my gosh. I had some instructional <laughs> videos of this guy, this same dude, right? I actually learned Laying it down. the drums from Johnny Rab. Now, I wouldn't want to go out there and tell the, the world that, even though I'm doing it right now, because it actually make him look bad because I'm so bad. Yeah, but, kind of an insult. Yeah, a little bit. They'd see me drum and they'd be like, really? And I'd be like, no, 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 no. I watched him and something got lost in translation and it came out horribly. Sorry. But <laughs> my, <laughs> nonetheless, my brain doesn't go to my hands while I my appreciate my appreciation for him is still there. And we're going to talk to him. We're going to jam out. I'm very excited. Very excited. That's right. We need to start where we start. Yes, the we birthday do. suit. Birthday suit. Let's go. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Uh, born on August 7th, 1989 in Compton, California. Our birthday okay. suit wearer was a big fan of sports. He gravitated towards basketball more than anything. His senior... Oh, nicely done. Let's go. Nicely done. On the Compton. On the Compton. He, he reps Compton hard. He does. He does. You know, and I'll be honest, there was a little bit of me. As you as as I've already said, I wanted Jimmy Butler with Kawhi Leonard. But I mm -hmm. also a small amount of me wanted DeMar DeRozan to come to that Clippers team too. That's a fact. You know, a little course, homecoming man. for him. A little homecoming okay. for him. And then, now, like, he could make it whatever this new arena is going to be or new team or whatever. Like, he could be part of that yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. And now he's just off in the San Antonio land, all sad, not there. Nonetheless, uh, his senior year of high school, he was averaging 29.2 points, 7.9 rebounds a game. He chose to stay home, go to USC. He was the Pac-10 freshman of the year in 2009. After one year with USC, he went to the NBA draft was selected ninth overall by the Toronto Raptors. He was with the Raptors 10 seasons before trading to the San Antonio Spurs for Kawhi Leonard. He's a four-time All-Star, a two-time All-NBA player, and he's won an Olympic gold medal. Mr. DeMar DeRozan. Say yes. what? Happy birthday, DeMar. Big 30, man. Goodness gracious. Indeed. 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 Hit the big train tag. That's a fact. Yes, indeed. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy it. Uh, Dave, it's about that time. Are you ready for ripping of the headlines? I'm ready. To, let's rip it, man. I'm ready. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Whew. Okay, Dave. This story comes from MichiganLive.com. MichiganLive.com. Uh, have you ever had the urge to break into a high school? At night, hmm. maybe uh, maybe, maybe your old yeah, high school. Yeah, my old high school. We mm. uh, we wanted to do something for like a senior prank, but mm. we ended up not being able to uh, do it. Pull we it couldn't off. Get in the, we couldn't get into the high school. Yeah, we tried. Yeah, yeah well, apparently uh, some bros, some bros in Troy, Michigan, they they did get into high school. Um, and I I don't think they actually like. I don't think this was their high school. Nope. Or maybe it might have been. But it wasn't the even really like high school. It like didn't look that it, it didn't look that recent. Like I mean, they looked fairly old. 
Like it looked like me breaking into the high school and be like, "Woo, yeah!" Right back in my old stomping ground. Lame. But these three guys broke into International Academy East High School on July 25th. Uh, the school uh, call they 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 caused twelve hundred dollars of damage to the school. And I got to be honest, we know it's not my old high school because that would have meant they burnt down the entire building if it was twelve hundred dollars of damage. But <laughs> uh, yeah, well. They replaced my old high school anyways. It's no longer active. It literally was built in the yeah, Great it was, Depression. It was That's fact. That's not a joke. It was built in the it, Great Depression. Whenever That's, I like think of these like high school break-in stories, remember that MTV show? where the, I don't remember the name of it, but they would have the kids go to the rival high school and like, yeah, steal, yeah. steal the mascot or like burn that the That one didn't last like very that. long. That one didn't last Ooh. very long. I liked it, man. It was all right. Um, anyways, these guys, they broke into the building. Um, the police have been trying to track down these perps. They did have video evidence on the security cameras. Any guesses oh, to what they would be doing once they broke into the school? Hmm. Um, they were drawing on the walls. <laughs> That's a good. That that would make more sense than what they did. Uh, in the majority of the footage, these guys were joyriding on the floor cleaning machine. Wait, what? Like oh, that's the, actually that's kind of fun. But I mean, like, you're actually like cleaning the school. <laughs> like the miniature Zamboni they have for the yeah. for the hallways. They were just driving around, and all three of these guys are on it. Like woohoo! Yeah. Sparkle it clean. Finally. Um, do drugs, kids. I've, I've got several <laughs> questions. First of all, I do need to know if this is their former high school. Because, I mean, I would definitely hope they would they would break into their own high school, I guess. And still, Especially if you're going to clean the floors. Like, why cleaning machine? Like, if you're going to go on that slow of a ride, why not just go over to your neighbor who has a riding lawnmower and be like, hey, can I... Gonna cruise around on that for a little bit. Yes! Thanks, the same man. amount of excitement. <laughs> it seems about right, man. Uh, Dave, are you ready for a headline? Just the headline, then we'll dive. Get straight in. Let's just give me the straight headline. Let's hear it. This one's from Newsweek. Quote, Florida men keep getting attacked by alligators. Scientists have worked out why. Word. That's a headline. Oh, thank goodness for science. Dave, I'm, you, you know me. You know me. I have some degrees. I'm not one to come down on science. You are, uh, Doc G. But before I even read the story, I was like, we really need that study? Hmm. Is that really? <laughs> I mean, I can give you a solid guess without looking at it. It would be because Florida has a lot of alligators, and people are dumb, and they get a close lot of to dummies. them. <laughs> that's, that's, yep. that's pretty much it. So uh, I did read on, and this research team looked at 594 alligator attacks since the 1970s. Um, they found, and these are all in, in Florida, they found that 81.4% mm -hmm. of the attacks were on men. Not surprising. Not surprising um, at all. 47% of the attacks were clearly provoked attacks. Hmm. So, so only you know, half of them. Yeah, only half of them were like, "Oh no!" Surprising an alligator. number. Yeah, and oh, uh, unprovoked or they they were provoking the alligator. Forty-seven yeah, yeah, yeah. percent of them. Yeah, forty-seven okay. percent. 
Um, and fifty in the fifty three percent, there could have been some provoking that just wasn't mentioned. You know, which I would guess yeah, there was. Very, yeah, very, very, um, very true. Uh, two of those provokings were where the victim aggressively swam toward the larger alligator. Wait, what? Stupid. Yeah, I got. I. I really. I wish I was with that research group because I would ask if anybody did an exit interview from those two if they were still alive. Like, so why did you swim towards the alligator? <laughs> well, obviously I swam toward the alligator because the old wise tale that if you scare an alligator, it'll <laughs> coins. I think we all know that. So I wanted to see if that's true. Turns out if you scare an alligator, they may rip your arm off. So I never heard that one. I know. It's uh it's right up there with Mozambique's gold people have uh or uh, bald people have gold in their brain. Don't yeah. do it, Mozambiqueers. Don't do nope. it. Nope. Guys, do not do it. Don't do it. It's not true. Uh Dave, moving on. Next story. Uh this story is from St. George News in Utah. Okay. Uh Dave, if you owned a house, and you notice mm-hmm. some weeds kept growing up in a flower bed right beside your house. How mm-hmm. would you decide to get rid of those weeds? Hmm. Freaking rip them out with my bare hands. Jeez. There you go. Would you even use Cause gloves? Because I'm, I'm a man. Jeez. No, I don't you, need no gloves. You, I know sissy. You monster. Yes! You monster. I I might <laughs> use some clippers. Maybe a maybe a small hoe. You know. Yeah. Maybe. I'll use a, a small hoe. That's. <laughs> Maybe Wait, if I was what? feeling if I was feeling on the wild side, maybe a weed killer. But you know, yeah. I I don't trust Just those to finish things. Finish the job. As soon as as soon as I take out a weed killer, I feel like I've got cancer. I don't like it. Um, well, anyways, uh, <laughs> the cent- chemicals. The central figure of our story realized those I those ideas I threw out there are lame. So true. And obviously. They won't get rid of your weeds. Nope. We all know that. You can't pussyfoot around the situation. So a Cedar City man decided that the best way to get rid of these pesky uh, pesky weeds is to take a propane torch to Hmm. them. Right? Right? Oh, great idea. That's what you do. You just torch them, man. Um, You're not going to burn this, burn his whole house down? Yeah, you're not going to believe this. Something caught on fire. What? (laughs) Wait, what? what? Oh, goodness gracious. What a head scratcher, man. So, Don't put that guy near any alligators. That's a fact. <laughs> here's, here's what the fire chief said. He said, it appears there was illegal burning of weeds. Uh, the man left, and there must have been a spark somewhere, and it started uh, that fence and outbuilding on fire. Um, when the fire chief was asked... When this type of weed burning was legal in city limits, he surprisingly said, it's not legal. Ever. Word. Huh. Hmm. Learn something new every day, Dave. Crazy. Crazy. I guess I'll have to return my propane torch. Exactly. I was ready to torch all of those. Good flowers and not. Just torch everything. Well, I'm done with these. Good done. That's a fact. That was my torch sound. Um, that was pretty good. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Dave, this story, This I think this is my favorite for today. I think this is my favorite. Um, Ooh, okay. This is from WREG3 News in Memphis. WREG3 
W Reg. So last the week in West mm-hmm, regular West Memphis, uh, Madricus Blakes. Madricus Blakes was on trial for attempted murder. Jeez. Um, once again, just like the story from Daytona Beach, Madricus was free to get up and move around during his trial because he was out on bond. Um, mm-hmm. So the jury hadn't finished deliberating. So they were coming back the next day to finish this deliberation. And um, one of the bailiffs at the courthouse when he was leaving noticed that Madricus, when he was leaving, got into an orange Camaro. Orange Camaro. Okay. Then the next day when the bailiff was coming into work, he noticed that same Camaro pulled back into the courthouse. Mm. And he was like, mm-hmm. huh. And he knew that Madricus wasn't driving the Camaro. And then he noticed okay. that it was the juror from Madricus's trial that was driving the Camaro. Jeez. So they went to oh, the juror shoot. and they were like, hey, did you give uh, Mr. Blakes a ride? And the juror said, yeah. And the judge was like, well, that's that's not good. Nope. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. don't worry. We didn't talk about the trial. Word. <laughs> the judge, the judge, not surprisingly, didn't believe the man and replaced him on the jury. Oh. Yeah. So he was thrown off the jury, and that day the verdict was read, and Blakes was found guilty. And not surprisingly, he did not show back up. He is now out there uh, avoiding going to jail for 40 years. Um, but That's my crazy. Fav- I wonder how many people are out there that, like, got sentenced and, and are they, they wandering. They can't hide for too long. Um, my favorite part of the story, though, is the, yeah, I gave him a ride, but we didn't talk about the trial. Hmm. I mean, I honestly want that to be true. Just for the funniness of the situation. I mean, yeah. talk talk about the elephant in the room. Like, what do you talk about? What have you been well, up to, man? Staying busy? I, Staying busy? My whole thing is, how did that even come about? You know? Well, this, la- this guy is a... Is about to be convicted yeah. for murder. Yeah, he's like, getting yeah, ready. I'll drive you home. Exactly. He's getting ready at home, and then and, and Madrikas just comes up to the window and knocks on, and he's like, hey, give me a ride? Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, okay. Hey, you been busy? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've been called up a jury duty. Oh, yeah, I got you. Nice Camaro you got here. Any post-market mods on hmm. this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exhaust. Redid the whole exhaust. Nice. <laughs> Nice. It'd be a shame if it got stolen. I, w- I would like to do that <laughs> in the future, you know, if I'm not in jail for the next 40 years. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. We better not talk about that. Yeah, no, no. That's that's off limits here in the Camaro. The Camaro of truth. That's a fact. I like it. Uh, Dave, are you ready for another headline? Just the headline. All right, let's hear it. Uh, this one's from Reuters, and uh, I got to say, pretty good one. Uh, quote, okay. sex doll ruling arouses controversy in South Korea. Hmm. Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> I see what you guys did there. Arouses. That's a fact. Nicely nice done. Choice. 
Nicely done, Reuters. Uh, okay, Dave, this story comes from the smoking gun, uh, smokinggun.com. Um, so a woman was brought in for questioning in Les- uh, West Monroe, Louisiana, when her boyfriend accused her of stealing roughly $5,000 from his home. Uh, he said while he was showering, the woman stole his cash and left the residence. So the cops questioned the woman about the incident. She confessed to stealing the cash, and it was recovered when a female correctional officer did a consensual search of her person. Also, during their search, the correctional officer found a clear plastic bag containing methamphetamines inside oh. her v- Whoa. <laughs> so that the escalated correct- quickly. The correctional officer was like, um, this looks like methamphetamine. So true. Um, is this your methamphetamines? Hmm. And the lady was like, whoa, I don't know how that got there. Wait, what? And she was like, come on now. And the lady was like, yeah, totally. No idea. I am denying ownership of these drugs. And, uh, I gotta be honest. If someone else put those drugs up there they may need to invest in a life of crime because they are very sneaky so true extremely sneaky that is five grand in cash just now the five grand in cash that uh that was not in there so i thought this was all a company no that was on her person (laughs) that was this wasn't like, yeah, this wasn't like her, her overnight bag. That was that was in her pockets. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's um, oh up. She, she was charged with it. And, um, yeah, she still hasn't confessed. Still hasn't confessed. Just Impressive. Stick to your story. Yeah, she's going down. She's going down in a blaze of glory. Uh, Dave, this, la- this is the last story. And it... It's All close right. to my favorite, but there's a little bit of violence. So, you know, I'm not a violence promoter, so I don't no. like that. Um, Peace and harmony. Dave, this story comes from Channel 7 ABC in Detroit. Uh, Dave, have you ever received a pizza from a delivery company that you mm-hmm. weren't satisfied with? Hmm. Um, yeah, you know, you, sometimes that chicken bacon ranch one just... Mm. It sounds good, and then you get in, and you're like, eh. Mm, eh. So, so you just sort of regretted your choice. Not so yeah, much. It, you should have known really that they that. were going to make it to the quality that you expected. That's right. Right. I mean, yeah. when, I, when I'm getting fast food, like pizza, like Domino's pizza, I have pretty low standards. Have you ever got, like, the wrong toppings? Have they ever put the wrong toppings um, on? Not that I can think of, but that would be, that would be very annoying. That would be upsetting. Well, Dave, I'm going to go ahead and say no matter how upset you get about topping misplacement, you should never take mm-hmm. it to the level of Joseph Thorpe yes! from Livonia, back in Michigan. The guy's face. Well, so Joe got home from picking up a pizza from Little Caesars, and he inspected mm-hmm. his pizza that he had just picked up, and he realized instead of Parmesan on his pizza, they had put Italian seasoning on his pizza. Wait, what? Ooh. Unbelievable. So he first called the Little Caesars and let them know how mad he was. He was irate. Uh, Mm -hmm. When the workers took the complaint, they told him, you know what? 
No harm, no foul. We can give you a refund, or we can remake the pizza. Sweet. But apparently, that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough for Joe. He showed up to the Little Caesars. Okay. And started chewing the employees out. Ooh. Then, Kelsey Beckwith, the manager, came out. And Kelsey, mm-hmm. you know, she was trying to defuse the situation. She's like, here, I'll just give you the money. She's getting the money out of the rest register to refund. And that's when Joe smacked the living bejesus out of Kelsey. Oh, my God. What? Smacked. Didn't punch. Oh. Uh, open-handed. Oh, All he's got, he leaned into that smack. They have the security footage. He just, ah All oh. of it. <laughs> Oh, so, God. of course, Joe was charged with assault and battery. Um, Good. When the news team reached out to Kelsey, she said, uh, quote, there's no reason to be hitting someone, especially a dude hitting a female, over a $5 pizza. That's a fact. Let's talk things out before anything <laughs> gets to that level. And you know what, I mean, what, the Dave? guy could have made 5 bucks and gotten, like, two pizzas. I mean... So true. Yeah. I'd, I'd let them mess up my pizza for that. Yeah, I'd be a little yeah. hungry and a little hangry. I'm not going to slap a woman. I got to say, Kelsey's making a lot of sense. She's making a lot of sense. I mean... It's a freaking $5 pizza. Little Caesar sucks. When you see the footage of this, it looks like this man had his car towed on the same day his house burned down and he lost his dog. Like, he is flipping out over a $5 pizza. That's a fact. I sort of, I do sort of wonder, because, like, he didn't get arrested right away, right? He slapped Mm -hmm. her and then left, and then the cops picked him up a little bit later. I sort of Mm -hmm. wonder if there was, like, a realization after the fact in his car, like, driving home, like, whoa, whoops. That Where was, did that come from? <laughs> that was that was Parmesan. Or or if he called up Domino's and was like, listen, I'm going to order this pizza. And when I say I want Parmesan on this, I mean I want Parmesan. If you don't believe me, just call up Little Caesars and ask them how serious I am about this ask Parmesan. That's so good. Like, That's a fact. Guys, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest today, Collective Soul. Right now, we're going to hear a good place to start off their new album, Blood, right here on the Doc G Show. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave, 
Guys, do us a favor. Check out the website. Actually, don't do don't do us a favor. Do yourself a favor. Mm. Go check out the website www.thedocgshow.com. That's right. From there, you can download our app. You know, from or a little, 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 our podcast from any app that you so choose from, yeah. and then go give us a five star rating as well. We may get an app someday. Who knows? We may work up yeah. to that level. I don't know. It I could happen. Just keep you keep looking at the website. Maybe one will show up one day. You don't know. Oh. You don't know, listeners. Anyways. You sorry, don't know I what's got... up his sleeves. This Ex- man is crazy. He'll freaking do anything. I, who knows? I may hand out free shirts to every listener this week. That won't Wait, happen. What? That's a disclaimer. Ooh. That's not going <laughs> to Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> I take that back. Um... Dave, are you ready for a little bit of shout-outs? Yeah, man. Who listened this shout week? Out. First of all, shout-out to Mozambique. Most listens we've ever had from Mozambique this week. They up Let's it. go. Mozambique, representing. Representing for the Doc G Show. Thank you, Mozambique. Uh, we love you guys. Next, shout-out to Charlotte. North Carolina, Queen City. Shout out to those guys. Shout out. Ooh, shout out to Charlotte. Yeah, definitely. Uh, home of good nature. Friends of the Doc G Show. Good band. Here we go. Um, shout out to Fairfax, Virginia. Shout yeah, out. Fairfax. Okay. Yep, yep. Shout out to Kenner, Louisiana. My man Damien, down with the New Orleans Ooh. Saints. Shout out to him. There you go, Damien. Yes, indeed. Uh, shout out to Indianapolis, Indiana. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a new one, I think. Oh, yeah. We've been to India yet. Yeah. Not, it's, uh, we've been there. They just haven't been regulars. Nope. So if Become they get, regular. Yeah, I was about to say, they need to get like Genoa. They need to get like Mozambique. They need to get like Jacksonville. They need to get up in that, that level. That's what we want to see out of yeah. you, Indianapolis. That's what we expect, Indianapolis. Bring it. Bring it, Indianapolis. Uh, shout out to Drammen, Norway. Shout out. Yeah. Oh, Norway. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Shout out Parkville, Maryland. Parkville, Maryland. Shout out. Parkville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And lastly, of course, shout out Tampa, Florida, down the way. Yes, indeed. Shout out. Definitely. Thank you for all the listens, everybody. We enjoy them. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. We love you guys. Uh, Dave, you ready? Second birthday suit? Mm. Dude, I'm ready, man. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Okay. I've got, I've got, uh, I don't, you won't get this one as fast as the Mar, but you'll get this one. Um, okay. Born August 7th, 1991 in Vineland, New Jersey. Our birthday okay. suit wearer had two older siblings, Teal and Tyler. Our birthday suit wearer's father played professional baseball for the Minnesota Twins in 1983, and our birthday suit wearer wanted to follow in his footsteps. Hmm. In high school, our birthday suit wearer threw a no-hitter as a pitcher and also hit 18 home runs in a season for a New Jersey high school record. Wow. Um, Wow. Our birthday suit wearer went into the Major League Draft in 2009 and was picked by the Angels... 25th overall. Since then, he has gone on to be an eight-time All-Star, a six-time Silver Slugger, season leader for steals, and a member of the 30-30 Club. In 2019, he signed a $426 million contract with the Angels for the richest 
contract in North American sports? It's Mr. Uh, Mike Trout, correct? Mike <laughs> Trout is correct. Yes, indeed. Um, $426 million. That's, that's a Sheesh. lot of cash. That's a lot of cash. I need to get my kids playing baseball. That's a fact. Um, you know, this isn't meant to be offensive, but Mike just seems like the dude that's always been old. You know? He seems He's always like, been old? Yeah, he has that old demeanor to him. Not like as in uh, like yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Okay. he can't move. He's just distinguished and like, I don't laugh at your jokes. Mm-hmm. You're not funny. He's like chiseled. I feel like when he was 10, he seemed like he was like 37. So true. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I yep. I wonder he what... He probably looked like it compared to the size of all the other kids. He's pretty, he's pretty bulky. That's a fact. Pretty muscular. Um, I wonder what it feels like, like you were saying, to sign a contract for half a billion dollars. Like, that's... Mm. That's crazy. Only a few people know the feeling. I feel like I... I would... That pressure on me... I, I feel like that'd be too much pressure on me not to suck, you know? Yes! I mean... Well, the good I've, thing about baseball, it's all guaranteed. Well, yeah, but still, like, yeah, I mean, you gotta have some confidence in yourself to sign that one. Like, I feel like if they offered me that contract, I'd be like, uh... We well, even pro- if he's like, no, I can't do 425, let's make it 300,000, or 300 million, I mean, still, like, yeah, it's but, an insane number. But, you know, I mean, like, 426. It's like, uh, who's the guy on his, um, like you're, the guy that, that was on the Na- or the Nationals uh, with the flow, Bryce Harper. Yeah. Like, he signed that huge contract, and he's sucking. So far, he hasn't lived up to it. People just give him so much crap. They do. They do. But you know what? He's a good-looking man, so who cares? He's going to be fine. He's a (laughs) good-looking man. Uh, Speaking of sports, Dave, it is August 7th. Before I get into this, happy Mm -hmm. birthday, Mike Trout. There you go. Live it up. There you go. Way to finish it off. Um, Happy birthday, Mike. Speaking of sports, though, Dave, it's August 7th. Do you know what that means? Hmm. Um... We have football until February. That's every true. It's coming. It's coming up. But you know what else is also coming up? U.S. Open. More tennis, oh. Dave. That's right. The U.S. Open. Very exciting, Dave. The first U.S. Open, 1881. That's when the first U.S. Open was. 1881. Oh, Richard Sears. He won this tournament seven times in a row. Starting with the first one. He sort of dominated. Yeah, he still has the most wins of anybody. Um, It's the final Grand Slam. Now, since 1978, it's been played on the acrylic hard courts at the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center in Queens, New York. That's a fact. And I thought... So it's played there every year? Every year, Dave. And I thought, what better way to get ready for the U.S. Open than to read Mm -hmm. a couple of reviews of the USA, a USTA, Billie Jean King National Tennis Center in a segment we call, Why Would You Review That? I love it. Let's do it. Why would you review that? Did somebody tell him this is a really bad idea for a segment? They did, and he didn't care. (sighs) All right, it's time for Why Would You Review That? Dave, average rating, pretty solid. 4.6 stars. 4.6 stars, yeah. 
Not bad. Nope. Yeah, 2,175 re- reviews. Of course, we don't we do not do it for the good reviews. We're in mm-hmm, it for the bad ones. Sure don't. And Dave, we're doing a little something interesting today. I've got a couple of two stars. Say what? Because a couple oh. of the two stars really just made they, me go, they good. really? <laughs> two stars. You were like, I'm going to write this review, but you know what? I can't give it one. That's just too much. We're going to give it one more. Two. There we go. 40%. Okay. Okay. I feel better. That's a fact. Um, Lisa Scrementi, she comes in first. One star review. Quote, mm-hmm. we were going to park in the lot, but we were told to park on the grass, period. Everyone mm. got tickets. Word. End quote. Oh. I'm confused. Why, why does parking in the grass get one star? Like... Is, is your car allergic to grass? Like, what? How does that ruin it to a one-star level? Maybe maybe since it's a hard surface tournament, she thinks her car should also play on a hard surface? Hmm. It's a very confusing one-star, Dave. I don't get it. I don't get why parking I, I on grass. I just think she's... Her experience was ruined with the ticket. So true. Yeah, okay. So okay. automatically one. Okay. Nothing, now th- they could have been the best experience of her life after that, and it still would have been a one star. We're going to follow up with another one star. This is from Legendario PR. Legendary PR. Uh, okay. Quote, a lot of people that don't pronounce consonants. End quote. Wait, what? I'm, a lot of people that don't pronounce competence? Pronounce consonants, as in non-vowels. Consonants. Yes. I see. Yes. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what kind of people he's trying to marginalize. Nope. I have no... I don't know who he's trying to slight. I mean... I'm I'm confused. Why do people that play or watch tennis not pronounce consonants? I don't know. I mean, French people have a tendency to drop consonants in, in the end of their pronunciation of things. You know? Maybe he hates French people. I don't, I don't, but this isn't the French Open. Nope. And it's not like a bunch of French people come to it. I, I'm, I'm confused. I'm very confused. Um, and he left us hanging. That's all I got. Um, Lucas Hedgehall. Lucas Hedgehall. Hedgehall. Um, quote, I have been calling them, and they not only not answer the phone, but also don't provide information about opening hours or how I can reach them. End quote. Word. Mm. Lucas, I'm going to go. customer service. Lucas, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the best way to contact them would be their number that you're calling on. That's a fact. That's that's how you contact them. And Luke, my bro, if you Google the center, it tells you the hours. I just looked up the hours just before this segment. I looked them up. Yeah, they're on there. You're a doctor. You know how to use Google. I know how to use the Google machine. Luke, if you need, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how to do it. I'll tell you how to do it. You type in the name of the center and press enter. That's a fact. It'll come up on the right. You'll see it on the right. Uh, Cecilia C. Quote, I'm not a tennis player or I'm not a tennis person, comma, but it is very beautiful here in the summer. End quote. Hmm. Oh, with a one star? No, oh. that's a two star. Two oh, star. That's, you know that's what? even worse. The the beauty, it's two stars. I'm not a tennis person. There you go. Like, can you really take away from stars from the facility if that's not what you're into? 
Like, I don't really like cupcakes. This cupcake center, one star. What? Huh? You didn't like them to begin with. That's not fair. Come on. Pre-biased. Uh, John Bondea, quote, circled around for 30 minutes looking for parking. Where are the clear signs or attendance directing traffic, period? Good job, USTA. Wow. Mm. John, let me just tell you, there are 2.4 million people in Queens, New York. There's a population density of 20,465 people per square mile of Queens, New York. It's one of That's the highest, <laughs> highest densities in the country. That does throw a curveball when you're looking for parking for your tennis tournament. So true. Just to let you know. It makes it a little bit more difficult. Here's an idea. Ride the train. That's a fact. We're going to get to that in just a second because I've got another review about that one. Um, Mira Surreal Robbins. Now, Mira, I'm not going to read her whole review because she decided okay. to write a novel. Not uh, only that... People. But on Google, on her profile, she has written 504 reviews. She has posted 1,666 photos. Wait, what? Mira is a prolific reviewer. So She true. lets people know what she thinks. She, she is literally reviews everywhere she goes. Everywhere. So here are some chosen passages from her review. Quote, nowadays, people expect decent, even good food at sport venues. Nearby City Field has Shake Shack, etc. And this place has one coffee purveyor, Dean and DeLuca, not serving coffee, but serving weirdly shaded bratwurst. End quote. What? Huh? Mm. Weirdly shaded bratwurst? Does she mean like the coloring? Or like they shading that's, it that's from gonna... the sun? I'd I don't <laughs> understand. I, I was pretty sure it was the color, but now I, now you have me. They, she I may don't... have been talking about the, the umbrellas over covering. I don't know. The... No. And a coffee purveyor? It's not just a, a coffee seller, a purveyor. Nicely worded, Mira. She nicely she's a worded. professional reviewer, Doc. Here's another word choice. Here's another passage quote. Quote, basic fact, colon, corn tortillas should be warm, end quote. Word. Mira apparently went to the U.S. Open to eat, not watch tennis. So true. That's what I'm going to say there. She went to go post on social media that with her corn tortillas and the bratwurst. She went to review, man. With the, with the tennis in the background. She went to review. Uh, Kieran Halpin. Kieran Halpin said, quote, have to lock, walk a long distance from the metro. Prices are astronomical, end quote. Hmm. Um, I'll tell you, Dave, I looked on Google. It's literally hmm. less than 100 feet from the train tracks to the tennis center. You could throw a rock from the train tracks to the courts. Literally. It's still too much for her. Apparently so. Apparently so. Um, here's another one. R. McKeith. This is the last one. Uh, quote, okay. parking is a disgrace. The space between cars is less than two feet. All you need is some careless person to park next to you, and you will have a ding in your door. It's outrageous. Mm. 
I will never return two stars. Hmm. What? Two stars. What? <laughs> he said he'll never return, and then he gave it two stars. Like, what happens if like it's a... there's like a sliver of hope. What happens, though, if it's a one star? Like, I will burn down the tennis courts. <laughs> one star. I was thinking. <laughs> like, Jesus, man. It's outrageous, and I will never return. But then you're like, well, I can't go all the way down. There could be worse. Two stars. So true. Yeah, okay. All right. And that's that's what was the worst part, was that the cars were close together. Like, man. Man, imagine if this guy would have gotten a ticket on in his parking spot. R. McCreeth, man. Watch out for that guy. Dave, that'll do it for Why Would You Review That. It's time. It's time. We're coming back right now. Johnny Rab of Collective Soul. Let's do it. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM. Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show. Today we are joined by one of the best drummers in the world and member of the fantastic group Collective Soul, which is celebrating their 25th anniversary this year and promoting their newest album, Blood, Mr. Johnny Rab. Johnny, how's it going? Man, good, buddy. Thanks for having me. Everything's going great. Just kind of on tour out here, so hectic, but thankful awesome awesome man well i gotta let the the listeners know i actually uh learned about johnny rab before uh i i knew him as a part of collective soul i actually got to know you from rolling v drum videos i uh ah, i got yeah. a, i got a v drum set a td11 i practiced my rudiments right there along with johnny rab uh, and I gotta say, all, I gotta say, out of all the videos of all the drummers they had, I got the most out of yours. Yes! And I also, I also gotta say, you made everything look way too easy. That's a fact. Because you would show a groove well, and you'd slow it way down, and then you'd be like, "All right, let's speed that up. All right, let's switch hands. All right, let's close our eyes." And I'd just be like, "What the? <laughs> what are we doing? I'm not that good." Ah. Nope. But you, you have a lot of well, lessons. That's awesome. Do you, do you like teaching? Uh, Teaching the drums? I mean, I know that's been sort of part of your life. Do you enjoy doing that? Sure. I am up and down on that subject. I taught a lesson yesterday as to a, I mean, just to give you an example, when people are interested in it and show progress, I love it. Whether they're beginning or they're intermediate or maybe a professional looking for some different, you know, ideas, I enjoy it. What's a tough one for me is the consistency. If a student comes in and they do like one lesson and then they leave. To me, that's a frustrating thing. Lame. You know? Yeah. Yeah, the the, uh, the passion but, makes a big difference for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, I like it, but at the same time, if, as I said, it's all about if the student is trying. Mm -hmm. If they're trying and they're into it, I love it. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, so speaking of your drumming uh, in, in your past, uh, tell me what the, the live exit stage left version of Rush, uh, Rush YYZ means to your drumming career. How did that shape your drumming career hmm. well oddly enough we're at a a state fair today doing a gig and there's some tents out there and as soon as you said that when i saw the tent it reminded me of the the story and that story goes like growing up in california thankfully my parents took us camping a lot and i was with a friend 
and he had one of those flat tape decks, you know, where the pops up, you oh, put yeah. the tape set in there, it's a mono speaker, mm-hmm. and he played it, he played it, and it was like, maybe it was like 7 a.m., because, you know, when you're kids, for some reason, you get up super early like idiots, now I sleep till noon. <laughs> so true. Uh, <laughs> but he played that solo, and I remember what was so cool about the innocence of when you hear something, if somebody didn't set it up for you, you think, that's cool, that's a all three. You know, how many members are in this band? Three. <laughs> okay, well, that's awesome. So that guy's playing the cowbell part, and then another guy's playing the drum, and another guy, that's what I'm, you know, I'm eight yeah. years old. He's like, no, that's one guy. And I remember for like a half an hour going, that's not one dude. <laughs> and then, nope. so, that inspiration of that drum solo, and then I kind of, as that, as a young kid, thought the music was pretty out there and weird, but like I yeah. kept doing the thing where you're, where you're like, you play it over and over, and I'm like, I, and I love Rush, so I became a big fan. And um, I was like, man, you could be that good. And so, and then I realized, wow, you're, you're allowed to do that for a living. And then that's kind of what made me go for it. You know what I mean? Very nice, man. The one, the one band where the bassist and the uh, and the drummer are more famous than the guitar player. Only only happens in <laughs> Rush. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I know, and I'm not discounting what you're saying, but. You do have to admit, Alex Lifeson, you know. Oh, yeah. That he's... whole band is so original and crazy, right? It, oh, he's amazing. But, I mean, you know, that's yeah. the thing is people just think Getty and Neil. That's, I mean, Neil writing the lyrics yep. and obviously being the drummer that he is. That's that's what people think of, of, of Rush. But um, you're right. Your passion of drums do amaze me, though. I, I took a I took a look on your, your Instagram and you know, out of like the last couple of videos, you're still practicing rudiments. You're still warming up. You got your drum pad, working on grooves. I mean, it, I, I got a question. How do you keep your passion going for 40 years? Do you ever have any lows where you're like, you know, I got, I got to take a break from drums. I'm, I'm done with this for a little bit. Hmm. Well, that's an awesome question. I love and hate certain days. Um, and and the, the bottom line is. If I let the social media thing get to me, and what I mean by that is all social media plays such a weird role of like this barometer these days. There's, you know, I grew up with buying a Steve Smith video and wondering if I'd ever meet him. Now you've got <laughs> full access to, you know, Dave Weckl's like online teaching and still people aren't, you know, going and taking those classes. If I would have had that opportunity to, I think you get my point as, as oh, yeah. a generation grown up where you're, you have to look like, Case in point, I remember there's going to be a, a Rush interview, and I'm like, what does Neil Neil Peart's voice sound like? Yeah. That's what he sounds like? Now it's like, <laughs> oh, you can just go like look up YouTube, anything you want. So my point is, oh, I have some down negative days, but I try to keep those positive. Um, I think the last post I did, I was literally like, I'm not worried about it. I just want to show like literally warming up with no real agenda. Yeah. And I just want to be as good as I can. And, and the awesome thing about the internet is that you see my buddies and some of them, you're like, I can't believe how amazing they are. And then I don't mean to be rude, but the thing that also kind of blows my mind is I'm like, yeah, I know there's no laws. Everyone can post videos, but I get frustrated seeing, seeing folks that are posting stuff and that they're kind of acting like they know what they're doing and they kind of don't. That's so, <laughs> and I still, I, it's kind of horrible to say, but, uh, okay. Well, it's, it's out there now. And you know, I'm, right. I've got, yeah, and sorry to interrupt. I was gonna say I got a you know buddy in my 
my mind that's like, dude, stop with the negative. It's like, that's cool. I guess, you know, to answer your question, the passion, like, I feel like I've developed some techniques and developed some some things to try to add to the industry. And they kind of, you know, made a mark. But yeah. then the, the, the crazy thing is you got folks taking things that you think you've developed and then they put them out as their own. That's probably my one pet peeve. But I guess in the wild, wild west of the Internet, I can't really control that. Yeah, uh, but I just try to not take it as seriously and do it for me and realize my weaknesses and and, and I know how I want to be as a player and very thankful to be doing it for this many years and then also with the guys like very thankful to be working and playing with brothers out here with the band. I mean it's uh yeah it's a band yeah. so it's it's blast. Well, one thing too that they can't really uh, uh, take from you on the internet is you, along with your drum playing, you've actually made drum equipment, and you're back to making that as far as your own drum sticks. Say what? Uh, yes. What What made you say, you know what? This stick isn't cutting it for me. I need I need my own stick. Like, what made you think, you know, th- this needs to change? I need to have this myself, and I can make a better one. Yeah, you know what? I was working at, uh, and we, me and the band always joke about this, but and I'm hoping you can hear these cows mooing. This is amazing. <laughs> Wait, but anyway, uh, you got. <laughs> I used to work at Red Lobster for like four years in Nashville, trying to like get country gigs at the time, and I was like in 1996. Yeah, and I remember coming home very frustrated because I, I definitely respect the service industry. I don't want to do it anymore, no, but no. I think everyone should do it to understand how you should be as a person. Yeah. Um, That's a fact. And how you should not be <laughs> certain customers. Uh, so when I was off one of my shifts, I started drawing things out going, what would be a cool stick design? And I did the rhythm saw on a napkin. Yeah. And that was on accident out of frustration. I wanted to make a mark. My whole thing in life for the drumming has been don't, try to copy everyone else, try to make my own sounds and different things. And like I said, that kind of now leads to some of that innovation is being just regurgitated. Yeah. Um, I guess that's leaving a mark, but I didn't necessarily think I needed a new stick. I was like, what could a new stick be? My mind still works this way where even in public or, or more mass produced products, I try to think of, well, why isn't there this thing? And some, and you know, I've always thought that way. Why isn't there a, some product, that is better than this thing. And, and of course, yeah. sometimes I can't act on that. I can't go manufacture some couch or some sort of, <laughs> nope. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's always been my mindset is try to innovate. And I appreciate you bringing that up because that's what I've been trying to get back to. Yeah. I've even had some run-ins where now I don't just say my ideas out loud to companies um, because quite frankly, <laughs> yeah, some that, stuff has just been taken. Exactly. I, you know, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's what got me into to the manufacturing and and, nice. and things like that. It, it it is a little different these days. Same thing with book publishing. It's now I'm going to self publishing. You know what I mean? It's all changed a little bit. It was in a lot of ways. You know, it, it makes it easier. Uh, you know, to to get it out there to sell it, uh, and, and in some ways to make an actual movement, it makes it harder. And I know I've had this conversation before with actual you know with, with musicians as well as far as selling the product of the music it's a lot easier to get out there but to make that that noise and to make that wave of momentum behind it it's a lot harder to get that because there's just so much out there at once yes um, i couldn't agree with you more i just i had that conversation last night i agree 
Well, so speaking of the music, you joined Collective Soul in 2012, um, which means they were already in an 18-year groove when you got into the band. Um, so yeah. tell, tell me how the, the opportunity for you to join the band sort of came up, and what was it like joining a band that already had this you know, this presence that Collective Soul does in the music scene, this huge this huge deal. Hmm. Well, like you were saying about the Roland days, and unfortunately I'm not with Roland anymore, yeah. but I had great memories with them. And during that time, I was working at Roland at the NAMM show in Los Angeles, Anaheim actually, right? Mm-hmm. And I went to a mutual friend, or sorry, a mutual friend was having a birthday party and Will Turpin, the bass player, happened to be there. I did mm-hmm. not recognize him right away. And we had a uh, talk, and I'm like, I didn't know. I was like, maybe he owns a music store, because it was very industry-related. And he's like, I'm a collective soul. And I'm like, oh, man, okay, I know your drummer. And he's like, actually, we're looking for a new drummer. Huh? And even at that point, yeah, and even at that point, I had my friend being all, this is your new drummer, this is your new drummer. And I'm like, Jen, Jen, stop, stop. <laughs> it's like, But I got to give her credit. She pushed, and usually I don't push like that, because it, I don't know, usually it's not how you get a gig at a trade show. So Yeah. Uh, but her pushing kind of made Will listen, and I, I I just knew that's not how it goes. So he came to the booth the next day, and I did a demo of the normal stuff, like the fusion funk and all that. And then I did one of their the song Run as a remix, and Ed was there. Yeah. And then, quite frankly, uh, after that show, I went fishing with my buddy in California. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't think that that's going to be. And he's like, dude, you never know, you never know. And then literally Ed goes, hey, you want to come to the house and jam? And I went there, and I even remember calling my wife going, I don't know if they want me in this or not, because we really just jammed for like an hour or so, and yeah. the rest was hanging. And then the next thing I know, uh, we did that 2012 dosage tour. Yeah. And I'm, I don't mean to sound like cliche, but now it's 2019. So it's been, <laughs> you know, starting. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, uh, that's how it went down in a very short short story there that's great that well one one thing that blows me away about uh you guys you know looking into the 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 collective group you and ed uh both went to berkeley college of music in boston um which the listeners don't know is one of the best music schools in the country if not the best um he was there several years before you but do you guys like have you ever like talked about that or did you know talk about we have. different stories about Berkeley and whatnot? We have uh, similar, you know, things. The only thing I will say is that Ed did the, there used to be a joke. If you graduate from Berkeley, you're not going to make it music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Ed, Ed did, Ed was there and um, you know, Ed's talent is, how do I say it? I don't want to say beyond Berkeley, but like he, he did his thing at Berkeley and then, I mean, he's such a talent. He just song, song songwriter, so yeah, and producer and engineer, and so he kind of before Berkeley was just you know head deep into knowing how to record and write and all that. And so I came in the drumming side, and uh, Ed went on his path faster, in my opinion. Like he he just did his thing and got advice from some folks. Like you need you know to do this, you need to write, you need to, and he did. Yeah, um, I went there for to get better at drums. And in hindsight, I would have done it different, but my, my parents wanted me to get um, to be a music teacher. So I did dual degrees. I did music education, which is K through 12, yeah, or a little bit of college, like te- you know, teaching every instrument, conducting, all that stuff. And yeah. I learned a lot doing that. It wasn't my passion. Uh, what I'm doing right now is the passion. And right. But I learned a ton as a drummer. And then 
after Berkeley, I went to Sacramento for a year yeah. and like really started honing in the stuff I learned. So that's where it all started. Nice. And then I went to Nashville. Nice. Yeah. Well, so joining Collective Soul, obviously, ton of hits. Shine, Gel, December, World I Know, all of those things. What was your co- what was your favorite Collective Soul song uh, before you joined the group? And has that yeah. changed since you've been in the group? Hmm. I love, uh, and, I, and I'm not making it up. It's like when I remember being in Nashville and Lightning 100 would play December. And I'm like, this is so unique and yeah. That drum groove is so awesome. So I still, every night, I love playing that. I love playing Why. I love playing Precious. Uh, the catalog is so big, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, it's amazing to go back and sometimes you're like, oh, I forgot this was one of the songs. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, the song No More, No Less we did during Dosage. Yeah. I love that off the album. Nice. Um, I love all the all the past drummers, too, like what they've done on recordings. and Yeah. Um, I mean, I can name songs from each each drummer that I'm like, man, it's so so amazing. And so that's the good thing is my respect level for what the band's done in the past is there. They'll always be there. They're, you know, and we're all, you know, I met met every, you know, know every drummer that was in the band, and yeah. we're all still, you know, buddies, and it's it's pretty cool. Good, nice. Now, well, uh, I know a lot of the bands now, um, especially a lot of the '90s bands, as far as you know. Uh, Gin Blossoms and and some of the other groups that we've had on the show, they sort of live uh, in other in other cities apart from each other, and then they come yes. together, uh, you know, for touring and recording. Is that what you guys typically do there? That is exactly what we do. I live in Indianapolis now. I mean, Na- Boston, Nashville, Sacramento, Chicago, and now Indianapolis, where I'm settled and having a good time with family. Dean's in San Diego. And also Venice uh, area, and then you've got Will and Ed in Atlanta, and Jesse in Nashville. Nice. Yep. Well, well. So the one of the reasons I brought that up is I, I, I'm big into food questions yes! with all my guests, regardless of where they come from, and I, I love to ask uh, if I'm coming to your hometown. So I'm coming to your new hometown of Indianapolis. Where would you oh, yeah. tell me to eat if I come in? And I say, Johnny, I got I, I've got one night in Indianapolis. Where should I eat? Where are you telling me to go? Well, weirdly enough, uh, my wife and I love this place called Los Arroyos. It's a Mexican place, but it's it's like, I don't know how to say it. It's, it's you know how you got the ones where it's the lunch combos and it's a more fast food yeah. Mexican, which is delicious. So true. This one is more of a sit-down, nice, high-end, and they okay. make like the handmade margaritas, and their, their steak is amazing, and their corn tortillas. So Los Arroyos up in uh, Carmel, which is north of uh, downtown India yeah. would be where I would take you. Very nice. Very nice. That's yeah. I always like the direct. A lot of times I'll it, it happens with musicians, I, you know, I'll throw it out and obviously food is not their passion and I'll throw out a, I'll throw out that question yeah, and I'll like, be like, I, hmm. I, Burger King. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Go to a grocery (laughs) store. I don't know what you want from it. I'm like, okay, throw that out. (laughs) Never mind. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, let's talk about the newest album, Blood. Uh, It just came out about two months ago. Great album. Yes. Now, I sort of wonder a lot of times about... Uh, drummers as as talented as you, I feel sometimes like they're they're constrained by the songs. Like I feel like they feel like they're not playing up to their full potential on the album. But like it really seems like on this album that you compose some true 
drum arrangements. Like, I mean, on, on Crush, you've yep. got this crazy groove to start the song off. Not a normal 2-4 backbeat, it's, but it's, 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 it's heavy. It's good. Did you feel like you fully got to test your abilities as an artist on this album? Hmm. Yes, because you said um, some important things are constrained by the song. Um, and, I, and I'm not now making you say a different thing, but more like playing for the song. Because if I start to go two bananas, it doesn't make sense for the song, yeah. then it's just overplaying. So that song you're mentioning, Crush, that's that. Yes, I might have come up with a part, but I got inspired by Do Day, Do Do Day, no. That was Ed's. Yeah. And the guys like that, that lick. So that lick lent itself to offbeat yeah. style. And I started playing that literally how the intro is. I started screwing around with that while we we're and Ed goes, Oh man, that that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Let's just try that, you know, and like yeah. so in other words, even though I might have been, came up with the, the drum part, Ed and the guys, I mean it's all a team effort. Yeah, and I listen all, to what yeah. they say, like don't, Yeah, all the time. And same thing with the other songs. Like there's times where you know, if I play something, Ed, Ed, literally be like, "No, nah, I don't like." I, and it, when he, when I say this, it's not like he doesn't like. He's saying for the song, "No, nah, yeah. rap, don't do that." I, I let's not. And you have to know that that's just part of the creative process. I've seen so many young people in the studio. I've, <laughs> I only did it once in my life, and I learned from my drum teacher that you can't do it. And that's uh, let's go ahead and try that again. <laughs> well, I, I did it. What's the problem? If you do that, which I, nope. when I was like 13, I, you know, snap back at the engineer. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not, they're not going to want to work with you. If you yeah. just go, oh yeah, cool. Okay. I was just an idea. <laughs> you have to roll with it. It's an open canvas. You have to. Yeah. You can't get offended. Well, I think like you were saying, it, it shows that you guys worked as artists on this album to sort of play off of each other. Because a lot of times, you know, in a lot of rock albums, you listen to it and you hear the bass and you're like, you know what? I wouldn't notice if that bass line was out of here. Or, you know what? I wouldn't notice if this guitar riff, you know, wasn't there. With yours, it's sort of essential. Like you said, you made that drum beat off of the guitar riff. And when you take one yep. of them out, it sounds empty. It sounds like it's missing. And it, it, it's a cohesive sound. It sounds really, really good on all the songs. Yes! Um, right now, what's your favorite song on the album? Oh, I have some... Uh, I do like the, the, what, the sounds we did get on Crush, but I also enjoy what we, what we achieved on, like, Torch Swing and some of the percussive sounds and just a lot of uh, sentimental value to many songs on this, yeah. on this record, um, you know, just personally. So, Porch Wing gets me. I, I love that. And then Observation of a Thought has become one of my favorites. And that's just kind of like a tribute to uh, tough personal times that we've all had last yeah. year. Nice. So, yeah, that's a big one. Um, what, what have you seen as far as fans so far in the short time you've been out uh, on the road after you released it? Which songs have you seen they've sort of gravitated the, towards the most or, or, or sort of have are familiar with the most as far as the new album? Well, we are playing about four songs. Sorry about the noise. We got these guys and these Polarises. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's as if, anyhow. So enjoy that, fans. We got cows, Polarises. We've got... <laughs> I mean, that's Life. what happens when you... Tour. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say life Anyhow, on the road. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is we're playing four songs or so from the album, the new album. We, we we've been opening up the set with observations of thought, and uh, 
it, it as I said, it's it, it's kind of four on the floor and the Ed on piano, yeah. and the intro, and it just has a great meaning. They're digging it, and then we, you know, we're we're sitting there um, over me. We got the high energy couple tunes and stuff, and then we mm. do all the, the the hits as well. So yeah. they get some of the new, and then all the awesome stuff that they come to expect from the band. Nice, nice. Well, so yeah. So uh, you know, we were talking about it before, and you talk about knowing all of the past drummers and whatnot. Um, when you started playing the the catalog of Collective Soul, did you ever feel a need to adjust their arrangement, or have you kept it basically the exact same as they recorded it from those previous songs? Ah, pretty close to how they recorded it, with definitely some. Uh, you know, you pride yourself. As, I, I bet you, if you talk to any of my pro friends, that you know, I know a lot of them. Whether yeah. they're playing with Cher or they're playing with uh, Rascal Flatts or you know, all these these acts, and yeah. you try to pay, pay respect to the record. But then, like, yeah, of course, I notice some different stuff that I might do on on Better Now or or something. But like, yeah. I try to every night stick to the same thing that Ryan did. Yeah. Um, but then the song opens up for solos, and and that's my own thing but it's still within the parameters of what i think is going to make the song right not it's not about me yeah you know nice nice so yeah well uh collective soul has been paired up with some big groups since you've been in in the band uh sammy hagar bon jovi tonic three doors down gin blossoms uh what band have you been most excited to be paired up with when you went on tour that you were like man awesome i've been wanting to play with them for a long time hmm well, the Sammy Hagar thing, and don't get me wrong. Uh, it, it, again, it's going to sound cliche, but no, no, no BS here. Like everyone we've toured with has been fantastic. From yeah. Brad and the guys from Three Doors, and like I've known Greg Upchurch and his career with Three Doors for a while. All those guys are so funny and awesome. Yeah. And pro, Gin Blossoms are a blast. We'll be joining them again on this in a, in a couple in a week or so. Yeah. Uh, Robin and and the guys are just just lovely dudes. And uh, the Sammy thing was awesome because it's, it it that's freaking. Van Halen style. That's Sammy Hagar on his own. That's that's Michael Anthony. That you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you got Jason Bonham on drums, and and getting to see him do what he does is is great. And you start to realize I was in a suburban going to like a school dance, listening to OU812, or like listening to you know Can't Drive 55 by Sammy, or yeah. you know it's just. And then when he's cool as all and nice and yeah. friendly and. You know, and uh, he had his son out, Andrew, opening up the entire show, and then we'd play, and Andrew's like just a down-to-earth, stand-up young man, and, you yeah. know, and it's just like, man. So, I mean, that type of thing's nuts. I mean, getting to meet Def Leppard, having the singer yeah. literally walk up and go, oh, thanks for coming to the show, guys. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Like, in my mind, I'm like, I... That was our whole high school anthem was hysteria. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's like speak, you're, speak. you're gonna come say hi. God dang it! Which is, it's just sometimes that gets me. I'm not saying I go nuts, but I do love seeing the human quality of people. It's I great. do. I do have to say, uh, you know, we've we've had a lot of bands on the show, and we had Phil Collin from Def Leppard, and he had to be one of the nicest. Just like yeah. gave, gave all of this time to us, asked us if we wanted to redo anything. And I'm like, dude, how many interviews have you been on before? You have no doubt done 20,000 of these. And he's just like, he was <laughs> you probably have the yeah. nicest guy. Yeah. And I was, I was very oh. impressed by him. Yeah. He was, he was, I su- get it. Super nice. But uh, that, that's awesome, man. Well, Johnny, we're up against the break, man. But I want to thank you for taking the time uh, and talking with us. It was thank really you, great. Ben. 
It's awesome. Uh, had a blast. Listeners, make sure to check out Collective Soul. They're going to be in Ventura, California this coming Friday, and then Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. You can get all that info on CollectiveSoul.com or on social media at Collective Soul. Right now, let's take a listen to Rain Off of Blood by Collective Soul right here on the Dot G Show. Right as rain. Right as rain. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Johnny Rap, Collective Soul. You just heard Right As Rain right here on the Doc G Show. How about that? How about that? My dude. My drum mentor. So much better than me. Yeah. So much better. Yeah, man. Great song. Great interview. Great guy, man. Love yeah. it. You know, we're going to have to go up to Indianapolis, try his Mexican restaurant out. We're going to have yes, to do sir. it. Yes, sir. We're going to have to do a little bit of that. Dave, uh, I know you're not as versed with Collective Soul. Um, what, what song do you jam on? Shine? Is it Shine? Dude, I'm a shiner, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do have to say, like, I love... Yeah, uh, 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 It's not really a deep cut because it was a single, but I do really like mm. Heavy as well. Heavy's a jam. Yes. That's uh, That's got a hard rocking hit there. But, man, Collective Soul, they're they're out on tour. You need to check them out, folks, if you haven't already. Shout-out to Johnny for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, interesting thing. I didn't bring this up to Johnny, um, but a lot of people, I've seen it in a couple of their other interviews, a lot of people think they're a religious band, Hmm. and they're they're not a religious band. Like, a couple of their songs had sort of religious undertones like Shine, you know? But yeah, they're they're not religious. But the funny part is, every time I googled things for the interview, that's once you put in Collective Soul, the first thing that Google's like, are they a religious band? That's the first thing that comes up, and I'm like, man. Oh, it asked you. Yeah. Oh, well, like, well, you oh know, that's in the, the search. Yeah, I'm like, man, people. People really want to find out how tight they are with Jesus. Mm. Jeez. All right. <laughs> Man, okay. But thanks to Collective Soul for coming on the show. Fantastic. Check them out when you can. Dave, are you ready? Last birthday Ooh, I'm ready, man. Three for three. I think I can do it. Now I will say, my man, my man TJ, you know, a big, big fan of the show, listens uh, most weeks. Uh, yeah. He, he 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 started looking ahead. He started looking ahead, being a little bit of a, a, a cheater. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm like, TJ, come on, man, don't ruin it for when you're listening to the show, and you already know. He suggested this person. He was like, hey. 
I was looking, August 7th, this person. And I was like, come on, TJ. You're ruining it. <laughs> You're ruining it for yourself, man. Um, anyways, Dave, nah, you ready? He's contributing. He is. He yeah, is contributing. Go. We do thank him for that. Um, here we go. Born on August 7th, 1997 in Bedford, Texas. Our birthday suit wearer. He's a youngin. He is. Was again, he was a lover of sports from a young age. Uh, he mm-hmm. excelled mostly at baseball and football. In 2014, mm-hmm. he committed to Texas A&M to play both baseball and quarterback for the football team. Mm. He transferred Kyler to- Murray. Kyler <laughs> Murray is correct. Yes, sir. Let's yes, go. Sir. In 2015, he transferred to Oklahoma. Had to set out for the 2016 season for transferring. In 2000, December 2018, he won the Heisman Trophy, uh, but lost to Alabama in the semifinals of the college playoffs. Also in 2018, the Oakland Athletics selected him ninth overall, but he also was selected number one overall by the Arizona Cardinals in the NFL draft. He decided to play football. He is in camp right now as we speak. So true. Getting the training on. Kyler Murray turning. Yeah. Turning the big two-two double deuce. Two-two. Yeah, man. Happy birthday to him. Can't uh, can't wait to see some. Uh, some some tape on. I haven't seen any like of the training camp stuff yet, but it'll be exciting to see him uh, drop back and see what he can do. Turned out to be so tall, you don't even know. That's a fact. People were oh, saying yeah. he is all short, five, five ten and a half, five ten and, th- and a half, <laughs> three quarters or something. Yeah, I, well, am I am I giving him? A, he might have been three quarters. Yeah, might have been. I don't know. I mean, they are they were all saying he was going to be five nine, and then when he were like he was five ten, they were like, oh oh, we got to take him now. You and they were, see an inch higher. And they were like, not even not even 5'10", but there's some extra there. There's some extra. He's got a little bit extra on it. 5'10", and some change. Take that. Nice. Nice. Well, happy birthday to Kyler Murray. Um, Dave, great shows. So true. Great shows. I was just talking to you during that Collective Soul Jam about yeah. Blacktop Mojo. My goodness, the jams these fellas have. You're ready. You're the, ready. You're ready to do another one. These fellas from Palestine, Texas. Uh, my goodness, they've got the jams. They are all about the rocking through and through. Yes! I mean, when you redo Aerosmith's "Dream On," you got to have some moxie. Because yeah, I mean, it's 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 Aerosmith. So true. You better bring it if you're gonna if you're gonna do Aerosmith. And they brought it. They brought it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, they've got a new album coming out, Under the Sun, which we're going to talk about that. They've got their current album, which is Burn the Ships. Yes! Uh, my man my man, Matt James, the lead singer, that's who we're going to talk to. This man is philosophical. Okay. Yes! He's philosophical, Ooh. Dave. He, he, wrote one of, your head. he wrote one of his songs about, about uh, Socrates. Say what? About oh, Socrates' geez. philosophical uh, logic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk and about that. he went over my head. I know, right? See, he's a thinker. He's a thinker. And then he plays it down. He's like, yeah, it's not that much. It's just it's on no there. No big deal, man. Did whatever. But we're going to rock out with them. As I said before, we've got Donovan Clark, former NFL player, former college uh, standout at Michigan State uh, for football and professional foodie, loving the food. 
So we're gonna we're gonna ask yeah. him about getting down on some food. We're gonna ask him about his thoughts on the upcoming NFL season. Very exciting. We're rounding out this August. It's gonna be even better than July. And then September. Oh, my goodness, September. You don't even know, Dave. You don't even know. Ooh. The Lunkers, Dave. The Lunkers. They're out there. Straight Lunkers. My gosh. My gosh, Dave. But until next week, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Dave Burles Berlin. Guys, it's been a great one, but like all good things, they must come to an end. But they fire back up next week, so don't worry about it. Yeah, but we'll be back next week. And and if you want to, you can play the hundreds of episodes we have until that time. You could literally just listen constantly to Doc G until next week. In the background. Now, I'm not going to lie. The first couple of episodes, it's going to be hard to get through. We had some kinks to work out back then. But... You'll see the improvement of the show as you go. You're like, man, they are getting better, literally, as I speak. Impressive. My gosh, that guy That guy works hard. He is a worker. He is getting lunkers. He works at his craft. He is uh, honing, honing the skills, Dave. Always, always. Yes! Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.